What I want to talk about this morning is paradox. And I'm using the Tao to illustrate it, but there are a lot of um, illustrations of paradox in a lot of different scriptures. Paradox, I believe, is the key. Becoming comfortable with paradox, living consciously with paradox is the key to the spiritual life. And paradox is simply something that seems to be true, juxtaposed with its opposite, which also seems to be true. A paradox that I was introduced to, I mean, I guess I knew it, but in words, um, my first week of seminary was every single thing you do matters. Everything matters. And nothing any human being does in this one little lifetime is very significant in the scheme of things. Can you live with both that? Can you know that in the scheme of things, the scheme of things is so large before the breath, before phenomena began, and after it, and after death, there's that great I am. And we claim it for this short lifetime, this lifetime on earth. And so our significance in that vastness, I don't know. And yet everything we do matters. It's both and. It's both and. We don't like to... And we like to put labels on things. And we like to be sure about them. I remember... Um, I was pretty close to the beginning of my path in spirituality. What I wanted was a written guarantee. All I want is a written guarantee. There are no written guarantees. There are none. The Bible contradicts itself a hundred times or more. And does that mean it's a lie? No, it means it's mythology, and it means at different times it's focusing on a different lesson, and it means sometimes we just got to get comfortable with paradox. So that Tao, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. Well, first of all, the Tao, what does that mean? It means the way. We can look at it as the path. We can look at it as the ground of being. And if you can name, we can look at it as our higher power. And if you can name it, if you put a name on it, the moment it's named, it is labeled and therefore limited in some way. And so we put names on it because we, that's how we communicate. That's even how we think. Once we learn language, we think in language for the most part. And so we name it, but we also have to remember at every point that it is not circumscribed in any way by the name that I put on it. That it's so much larger than that. That it's not about putting God in a bigger box. It's about letting go of the box. (laughs) There's no box. There's no box. The nameless is the beginning of heaven and earth. In other words, the nameless was here before heaven and before earth. And the named is the mother of 10,000 things. The God that we call creator, divine creativity, energy, from that energy came everything 
that we see. In the East, they call that the 10,000 things. Um, obviously, there are way more than 10,000. But basically, the great number of things that you can't possibly imagine, and you can't put your eye on every one of them. You can't even know about every one of them. But everything you see is one of the 10,000 named. Everything you see. And so when I look at Larry, I see Larry because that's his name. But I have to know that Larry is not circumscribed by his Larryness. <laughs> the truth of Larry is that he is unconquerable, eternal, invincible spirit who is occupying this body and this life that is called Larry and Larry's life. And that's good. Don't, we're not one or the other. We're both. We're both. So ever desireless, one can see the mystery. If we're not hoping or wanting or insisting or throwing fits or asking for a written guarantee, then we can begin to be open enough to see the mystery what's behind all the 10,000 things. And when we do desire, when we're full of desire, we see the 10,000 things. We see the manifestation of what's behind it. Every single piece of matter that you see in the world is animated by energy. It's not just animated by energy, it is energy. The reason you can see it is that the energy has arranged itself in, in a certain way for our human eyes to be able to pick up on it. This is, I mean, this book was written at least 3,000 years BC in China. Not sure by whom. They say Lao Tzu, but we don't even know if that's a person or a myth or a community or whatever. And science is proving it today in quantum physics that energy doesn't go away, that mass becomes energy and then energy becomes mass, and they're actually the same thing. Everything is eternal, and we see it in temporary manifested form. And when it says this appears as darkness, darkness within darkness, this means when you are confronted with that paradox, if you try your best to figure it out and to explain it, your head will explode. But the moment you say, I am willing to be comfortable with mystery, I'm willing to not know because I know there is that in me that knows without language, without words. And that the moment my little human self puts a name on it so that I can deal with it, it's not that anymore. It's more vast than that. I am more vast than that. You are more vast than that. We are vast in our oneness. So everything we do matters, and nothing is significant. Who would you be if you didn't know who you were? Who would you be if you didn't know who you were? That's a little lesson in paradox or koan. Think about that for a second. If I didn't know who I was, who would I be? If I didn't have all the roles and all the labels and all the duties and the responsibilities and the people and the relationships, who would I be? 
who would I be? Well, I think that is the I am. That is the I am. And there's nothing wrong with taking on this body. We're here for a reason. I believe it or we wouldn't be here. We get to take on this body and we get to take on these roles and duties and responsibilities and choose every single day what we want to do with our time here and what we want to contribute and what we want to take and what we want to allow. And we're in mystery all the time. All the time. Here's another paradox. This is lesson 48 from the Tao. The world is governed by letting things take their course. It cannot be governed through interference. Wait a minute. If I'm going to govern something, i got to have control over it, right? Right? We should just let things take their course. Can you just let things take their course? What does that do when you say, oh, I'll just let everything take its course? How do you feel about that? That's a real question. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. And yet, to truly govern means to allow that I am within me to do its work rather than little old Melinda deciding and, and checking and zipping and pinning and trying to circumscribe everything all the time. All you need is love. That's what this means to me. The world is governed by letting things take their course. If we all understood even the tiniest bit of the love that we are, nothing in the world would need to be governed because we would live from the love that we are rather than all the trappings we've put on ourselves. So, yes, you are Pam, and you are Mark, and you are Kay, and you are April. Yes, you are, you are that, but you are so much more than that. And so some days, some of the time, maybe in your meditation time, say, what would it be like if I wasn't Melinda? Who would I be? And spend some time with that, even if it feels scary, because we don't like mystery. We like to fill in the blanks. But we're not always able to do that. Okay, here's my favorite one. <laughs> Lesson 56 from the Tao. Those who know do not talk. Those who talk do not know. <laughs> As one who makes her living from talking. <clears throat> I think what this means is that the explanation of something, the teaching of something, is a description that circles around the thing. It's not the thing itself. And as soon as we think we know, as soon as we think that the box that we have built is the box that it all needs to fit into, in other words, everybody needs to agree with me, or they're wrong, or they're going to hail, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. When we build a box, we build our hell. We build our hell. So I think that's all it means is those, if you really, really know what's, and, and, and also this, if you really, really know what's going on, which is that we're all love disguised in 10,000 disguises, in 8 billion disguises, if that's what we are, if that's what we are, 
There's no way for me to, anything I say will not affect that in any way. If I can know it, if I believe it, I can say it. And I believe it and I'm saying it, right? So that is a label in, in a way. But when I don't speak it, when I simply rest in the knowing of it, in the mystery of the knowing of it, because my mind cannot comprehend it. But when I rest in that mystery, I'm closer to knowing than when I am talking around it and trying to describe it. Does that make any sense? Forty-two. The Tao says, one gains by losing and loses by gaining. What? One gains by losing and loses by gaining. What does that mean? <clears throat> I mean, obviously, if you get $100 and you put it in your pocket, you have gained $100. And if someone takes it out of your pocket, you have lost $100. <clears throat> But what is the hundred dollars? What is it? What does it mean to you? Is it simply energy? Then nothing can be lost or gained. And if it is the thing that you have decided is the only thing that you can use to make your life better, then you have lost something even as you're holding it in your hand. And if you are able to let go of it, to simply allow things to be as they are, to trust that whatever this vastness in me and you is, knows exactly, without being governed and controlled by the ego, knows exactly what it is that I need and will provide me with those needs. Ooh, does that scare you when I say that? There's this idea of, you know, yeah, but I still got to work. Yes, in a human form, you still do. But in spirit form, there is nothing that can truly be lost. So everything that you grasp is a loss because it covers up the vastness of the treasure that is you. And everything that you hold on to helps you to lose. It gives you something to lose that can be lost. But the deal is, all the stuff that can be lost is not real in the first place. Can you kind of get behind that paradox? See some of you going. <laughs> yeah, so we are spirit playing around in these bodies. That's what we do. We take it on. I don't know the process. I don't know how it happens. I don't know, a lot of people believe that there's a soul contract, that when you're a soul, you know, just a little soul floating out in space, you say, you know what, I think it's about time for me to go to Earth. There's some lessons to be learned there. So I'm going to go there, and I'm going to make myself shy and move, uh, go to nine schools in 11 years. <laughs> I'm going to make myself uh, gentle and kind of fruity, and be born into a military family where guns and sports are the important things in life. I'm going to pick the first alcoholic I can find and, <laughs> and hook my life up to that person. And the second one, and the third one, and the fourth one, and the fifth one. 
And I'm going to learn so much from that. And there will be a lot of pain. And there will be a lot of pain. And I cannot lose. I cannot lose. I can only grow or not grow. Here is the paradox that I think is the crux of everything that we teach in New Thought, is that you are perfect and whole. Whole, nothing missing. You are complete, exactly as you are, changing nothing. Changing not one thing, not one hair, not one thought, not one pound. Changing not one thing, you are perfect as you are. You are love. You are love in disguise. And some of us are love, and we allow it to shine through our disguises. Because the disguise is what we have when we're here on earth. You are love. You are perfect. And we want to learn and we want to grow. And I believe that that longing to learn and grow which we sometimes label to be better. And so we start to pay attention to our language. Do I get better when I gain more knowledge? Because that's a thing I can gain. Do I get better by that? Not necessarily, but I learn something. I grow. I have something. It's both and. I don't need to change at all. I am lovable just as I am. Can you say that with me together? I am lovable just as I am. How about this? I am perfectly loving just as I am. I am perfectly loving just as I am. I am free just as I am. I am free just as I am. I'm free. I don't have to be bound by any of these chains. The ones in my mind, the ones in my job, the ones in the, in the world. I don't have to be bound by any of those chains. The truth of me is free. And I have bound myself to these chains for this lifetime. I have put myself in a mind that cannot comprehend the vastness of who I am. Think about that for a minute. Because we put ourselves in a body... We put ourselves in the mind. The mind is part of the body. I do not believe that the mind is the spirit. The mind is a very, very powerful thing. But I think it's tied to the body. And it doesn't really matter whether it is or not. Because I'm comfortable with the mystery. <laughs> right? <clears throat> but I tied myself up so that I could learn. Because even though my soul knows it is perfect as it is, it has a longing in it to know more about itself. To know more about itself. And the Buddhists say that when you truly know yourself, if you really get down to the nitty-gritty, all of it, and pass the nitty-gritty to the perfection, you already know everybody else. There is nothing that anybody else has, thinks, does, has been through that you cannot learn about within yourself. But you got to spend a whole lot of time in silence. <laughs> and 
I don't think that's necessary. I think we came to this world to participate in it. If your calling is to sit in silence, that's wonderful. If your calling is to get out into the world and have relationships and have a purpose and share that purpose and give your love, then that's what you're here to do. And there is that within you that says, I want to know more. So it's not about being better. It's about living more fully into the perfection that you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? You can live more into who you are. When I am at peace, I am living more fully into the love that I am. When I am kind, I am living more fully into the love that I am. When I am conscious and aware of other people's needs, as well as my own, then I am living more fully into the love that I am. So it's not about changing yourself. It's about fulfilling yourself. Fulfilling yourself, who you are. Who you are. Before the body, before the story, before the name, before the mind's attempt to find or explain, before the breath beyond the sense of pleasure or pain, and after death, I am everything. I am all of it. And I can rest in that mystery because <laughs> I don't understand all of it. I have no idea what that is. I can say it's vast. My mind doesn't even, can't even comprehend the vastness. And be comfortable in, in, my, in the mystery. I start to say, be comfortable in misery. No, that's not what we want to do. Be comfortable in mystery. Can you do that? Can you then just let it go? And live more fully into the love that you are today? I know you can. Namaste. Namaste.